0: Will you please welcome to the stage our guest moderator, film critic, and Empire Magazine journalist, Phil Disemlian.
1: Uh, Hello and welcome to the Apple Store. Um, I'm very, very excited to be uh, able to introduce one of the most distinctive, singular, brilliant filmmakers of the last 40 years, um, David Cronenberg, and the star of his new movie, Cosmopolis, Robert Pattinson. Um, I understand a few of you have been here waiting for a while for the chance to glimpse the great man, Um, and Robert Pattinson is here as well. And before we get uh, started with that, let's let's roll the trailer.
0: I'm looking for more. Aim and fire. Come on, do it, click the switch. something I don't know.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the director and star of Cosmopolis, Mr. David Cronenberg and Robert Pattinson. <sighs> wow. Welcome, guys. Hello. <laughs> um, I guess the obvious place to start would be kind of the beginning, really, and Cosmopolis. Um, what it was that drew you to this book, and uh, and also what, it, what what drew you to Robert for the role as well. Um,
2: well, I like to say that Rob was cheap and available. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know for an independent film produ- uh, production that is, is those are both important things uh, but I, I really it was the dialogue in Don delillo's novel that that I just thought it would be fantastic to hear this dialogue spoken by um, by wonderful actors and uh, and uh, then I had to go look for wonderful actors, and that's how I stumbled accidentally <laughs> across Rob. Um, because uh, I just thought the, the charisma that he has that's obvious uh, in his uh, films was necessary for this film because the character that he plays is in absolutely every scene. And it's very rare that you have that structure even with uh, uh, films with big stars, you know? Mm. So you have to have somebody who is has the chops to be interesting and to be charismatic and to, to modulate through, through a whole movie. Yeah. And what about for you, Rob? Was it... Um
1: Got an obvious choice, and when David got in touch to take on the material, and
0: uh, yeah, I, I, I think yeah, Well, it was not an obvious choice, I don't think uh, <laughs> uh, for, for him or me. I don't think I mean, it's not an obvious movie, yeah, um, but I think that's one of the most appealing things about it. It's pretty, you know, you're not going to see another Cosmopolis,
1: um, hopefully, for a while, yeah. Where did you find the character of um, of Eric Packer? Because um, you've talked about him being more of a sort of an idea um, than. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: well, yeah, I kind of disagree with myself now. You <laughs> was completely wrong about that. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I could see your reaction to it when I yeah, said. Yeah, I, I, I winced. I, I winced because and the, i the, been telling people that the video. abstract concept is no way for no <laughs> I, actor can do that I think I, don't,
0: I think that's I just had it in my head now, I didn't know what yeah. to say oh. um, yeah I uh, where did I find him I, I don't know there was a, there, there was a, there was a kind of uh, there was there's a feeling in, in the words I mean there's there's something in, in the rhythm of it that yeah. it, once you read it uh, like a hundred times something something starts to reverberate um, yeah, and it's the, always the best when you don't really know what that what that is. Sure, or, yeah. what it's I mean, if you
2: if you think of it as a as an actual person, who you all probably are, uh, uh, you don't think of yourself as a character. You don't think of yourself as having meaning compared with something else. Yeah. You know, and in a way, with 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 actors, I think that's the best way uh, f- to approach a character is just let him live. In the movie, with the dialogue, with the other people interacting, yeah. and then the meaning and the, the will take care of itself. You know? Yeah. You talked earlier about um, David's dry
1: sense of humour. <laughs> Did you? How was it, sort of, starting off working? You mentioned that you were doing one takes by the end of the film, by the end of the shoot. Was that pretty nerve wracking to to do, and quite different from your work on other films before?
0: Uh yeah. But after a while, you kind of it's nice. It's fun. You feel like you're actually doing something right. Whereas <laughs> yeah. most of the time, people sometimes if someone's doing a lot of takes, especially from a lot of different angles, that you're thinking, well, they're just
1: hoping to maybe they're
0: just shooting in the dark, <laughs> yeah. hoping something yeah. will come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, you, it builds confidence. You've been a David Cronenberg fan for a long time, I know. Um, I guess there's people that are going to come and see Cosmopolis that are sort of know you from Twilight. Are there? David Cronenberg films that you'd recommend they go out and watch after seeing this, would there be one in particular that you could kind of point them towards? Oh, is there uh, one?
2: Hey, that puts you on the spot. <laughs> <doesn't> it? <laughs> it does he actually hasn't seen any of my movies. <laughs> he lies a lot. Um, I would probably
0: say Video or Dead Ringers. Like those are my
2: favorite ones. But this is probably. This is much pretty my my good. Favorite. Maybe Crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my crash, not the Paul Haggis Oscar-winning yeah. crash. The, <laughs> the, the good crash. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a look, a look at a clip from the film. A report from the complex. It's a credible
0: threat, not to be dismissed. Which means a ride across town is. We've had numerous threats, all credible. I'm still standing here
1: not a threat to your safety, to his. Who the fuck is his? President. This means a ride right cross town, it does not happen unless we make a day of it with cookies and milk.
0: Do people still shoot at presidents? I thought they were more stimulating targets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh.
1: Could you maybe put that scene into the, the context of the movie because that's kind of close to the beginning. Eric's about to embark on this cross town, uh, journey to try and get his hair cut um, and this is probably one of the few scenes of the first half of the
2: film that's set actually outside of the limo yes, um, that's, right.
1: that's a good point why
2: is that outside of the limo <laughs> it's outside of the limo because uh, it, in the in the novel it's outside of the limo <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and uh, I think it was a nice preparation for you know settling in you know and, uh, um, but, but really I never questioned that because after the lunch you know outside the lunch so um, so much of the movie takes place in the limo um, uh, there are, uh, that we sort of you think the audience will be kind of not desperate mm-hmm. but there will be a nice opening out every once in a while to be actually yeah. on the street yeah. and then the, the contrast between that and the weird confines of this strange oh. s- uh, sort of spaceship like limo uh, I think the contrast is 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 terrific. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, one of the things I love about it is it it feels like a true New York movie and yet you shot it all in Toronto. Yes, that's using right. green screen and yes. the oh, magic wow.
2: of the magic of digital cinema yeah. really. Yeah.
1: yeah. But it's a long way from Shivers and Scanners I guess to be working Absolutely. around all yeah. of yeah. this. Everything
2: uh, you, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's sort of like what happens to Eric Packer. He lives in his in abstraction. Mm. He lives a kind of Digital life in his head, a virtual life. Yeah, and there we are making a, a movie that creates a di- uh, a virtual New York. Yeah, that's as convincing as the real New York, really, uh, yeah. C- cinematically. Yeah. What was it like to be inside? Because you were mentioning that the claustrophobia
1: wasn't really a problem from a directorial point of view, but from an acting point of view, are you sitting there going, because you have Juliette she's coming in, and uh, all these, you know, uh, Jay Boruchel as well share scenes, but you're there pretty much the entire time, and in a kind of sedentary role, you're sort of sitting at the back of the limo, presiding over this almost sci-fi environment. Um, Is is that a challenge as an actor to kind of generate the energy? Um...
0: Yeah, it was a little worrying before we started shooting when I think the last, the Juliet Binoche scene was supposed to be outside the limo and David said a couple of days before we started shooting, like, I'm going to put that in as well. So it's pretty much <laughs> just bumped up to about 95% of the movie. And then. Yeah. But um, uh, there's um, there's something quite nice about it, I think. The only scene I was a little worried is the very first scene because I had sunglasses on and I'd spent so much time taking away every definable characteristic I thought in the suit I wanted it to be so uniform so kind of plain yeah even his watch his tie everything his haircut anything anything which could say anything about himself I wanted it to be gone and then you suddenly realize you're sitting there you can't move you hardly have any lines yeah you have completely tinted out black sunglasses (laughs) yeah and and, uh you've, you've totally eliminated every every um uh Every device you have as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sitting there, kind of. And I noticed Dave was doing a lot of reacting
1: shots, reaction shots. And I'm like, I'm not going to look like anything. I have a totally <laughs> blank face. Yeah. But uh, You're channeling Arnie from Terminator, badass. Yeah, just... but I
0: mean, there was something, there was
2: something happening, but uh, I don't know quite what it there was. There was a lot happening. <laughs> and there is. But the thing is that the moment you take the sunglasses off, is suddenly like this big moment on it. the screen. Yeah. It, was, it, it yeah. has an effect. It's, um, a ph-
1: it's a phenomenal, I have to say, a phenomenal performance. And, and there's something that he's almost kind of sunk back inside himself a little bit, this guy Eric Packer. And, um, did, you see, did you see a connection with some of David's previous films? Because there was this thing of cronenberg sort of theme of uh, th- where fancy and reality kind of mingle. Was that, was that a big kind of part of the character for you, especially towards you know, the end of the film?
0: Uh, I think the one thing which I've only noticed after thinking about it for a while Uh, I don't know I don't want to be precocious about it (laughs) but there is a kind of there's a sort of sadness in the movie which I think there's quite a lot of sadness in a a lot of your movies which uh, it's not really it's not acknowledged really but uh, that's the kind I hadn't really noticed it until I saw until I saw Cosmopolis and didn't really realise that you know it's quite melancholic. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah,
2: it's true. It, it sort of sneaks up on you, mm. and I think you think uh, the movie is kind of cold and clinical at first, and you, you're dealing with these people who are kind of disconnected from their emotions. Even the scenes with his wife. I mean, in a way, his wife is really very much like him. Yeah. You know, at a certain point, he says, uh, "This is how people talk, isn't it? This is how people have a conversation." And she says, "How would I know? <laughs> because she's <laughs> like him. She doesn't have normal conversation." Uh, and yet, by the end of the movie, there's a real emotional kick and a, and a weird sadness. Um, and I think that's that's absolutely accurate. And I think it really does. It, yeah. the, the, the book struck me that way. And I was really happy at the end of the movie to feel that the movie did do that as well. Yeah. I was thinking as well, there's, there's a certain
0: thing. Some filmmakers, people say that their films are really a part of them when when they already exist. And all of them are always a part of them. Your movies, in that same similar sort of vein, I was thinking earlier, they're like you have children. They children, which you put in a baby, which you put in a
2: basket and let go down the river. (laughs) But that well, it is. I mean, you you are incredibly uh, connected with this child genetically and every other way, and that at a certain point it it leaves and becomes its own creature and has its own life apart from you. Really, I mean, I can't control the future of mm. Cosmopolis any, any more than I can control the future of the children and grandchildren yeah. that I actually do have and try to control. <laughs> <laughs> you're not putting them in the river and just floating them off. <laughs> I, I, I threaten them with that. <laughs>
1: um, before I uh, throw it out to the audience for some questions, um, you, you are talking about potentially working again uh, yes. together. Yeah. Is, can you kind of update us on, on where, you, I where you're I said that if
2: Rob came up with the money I would do a movie <laughs> with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean I, I, you know, I had I've done three movies with Viggo Mortensen. I really love him, and uh, we we connected in a very deep way. And frankly, I really, I have feel a similar connection with Rob. And I think I, I'm not finished working with him. You know, mm. I don't think it's enough to just do this one movie. And then, of course, my dream is to have Vigo and Rob in the same movie because I think they'd be fantastic together. And so I'm kind of just thinking about that. I don't have a movie in mind particularly, but I, can't, I, I, would, I cannot allow myself to believe that we will never work again mm. together. So I'm, I'm, I don't think in those terms.
1: Okay. Um, right. Some questions. Does anyone have a question? Put your hands up if you do. Um, Lady just down here. <laughs> yeah, oh, hold on a second. She's shocked. What was what was your favourite scene to shoot in Cosmo? Hmm.
0: Probably the.
2: Uh, almost every scene <laughs> I feel <Yeah>.
0: inappropriate <laughs> saying it. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of the scenes with Sarah Gaddon, who plays my wife. I think they're really fun, and uh, yeah, I think they're pretty pretty good saying you mentioned,
1: you mentioned you were disappointed that in the book in Delillo's book you get tasered Eric gets tasered oh but yeah
2: I don't think in the book Doesn't you see him get tasered well, no, no, I, I, no. I it, it ends cut, this way yeah. he says exactly as in the movie you know give I me all the voltage you know Yeah. The yeah. gun kind of holds and, and you don't you don't actually ever know if he ever really was or not you, know? you assume he was but you don't know him. okay yeah, yeah, no I, I was pretty ridiculous <laughs> <but pretty laughs> I, I like the idea of getting tasered though be, well, I was I, looking forward to you that know, we could have done that at the <laughs> rap party if you wanted <laughs> there's you still just, time all you had to do was ask <laughs> hi hey
1: <laughs> first of all I want to tell you that we are very proud of you Thanks. and second uh, how was your experience in Cannes
0: um, it was amazing I mean uh, this whole Project was a kind of a, a shock to me, and getting it out of the blue, and then to get into Cannes, um, I thought maybe I'd get a movie into Cannes in about ten or fifteen years, and so <laughs> to get it this year is unbelievable. And uh, and also the more importantly, I like I like the film. <laughs> I like watching it. I can watch it as a as a movie. I can imagine myself paying for a ticket and watching it again. So uh,
1: that's. Uh, it's a really great feeling, That Anyone go. towards the back? I'm just having... Hi. Uh, this text is, is a lot about like, the, the character, of, I mean, at least the, the, the way I see it. It's a lot about like, the liberation of the mind through the body at the end of the, of the story. right? So I'm quite interested in that compared to all the, all the movies that you've done in the past. Like, how does that relate to the evolution of
2: that theme that you had throughout all the movies of your career? Um... Honestly, uh, I don't really think in those terms, you know? I mean, I don't think about my career uh, because I don't, I don't have to worry about the connections amongst my films because I know that there will be some and they just sort of take care of themselves. So I actually haven't given any thought to what you're talking about. Uh, I think you could probably do a better uh, analysis of my <laughs> films than I can, honestly. I'm not trying to be evasive. It's just that um, some people think that I come to a new movie thinking about how it connects with my other movies. But I actually don't. I mean, the wonderful thing about doing a new movie is you forget all your other movies, you know? And I forget Robert's other movies, and I forget Paul Giamatti's other movies because suddenly we're there making a new thing, and that's the excitement, you know? And, and the connections... Of course there are some connections, naturally, but uh, it's not what induces me to make the movie, and that actually th- those, the realization, the un- awareness of those connections doesn't help me make the new movie. You understand? Mm. Okay. You, you had um, tough,
1: tough times sort of starting out making films um, like yeah. Shivers and Scanners. You're talking about. It's still right, tough times. Yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> no, I mean, it you really
2: are, is. It's still tough times. I mean, the movie that Rob and I have been talking about doing is. Uh, I've been trying to make that movie for five years. Yeah. And it's not easy doing any movie. I mean, it's amazing that Cosmopolis got made so quickly, really. And it only took about three and a half years. Um, because it's unusual, because it's difficult, because it's yeah. not mainstream and it's not really you know, necessarily what everybody expects. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anything that interests me seems to be a very difficult sell, you know, yeah. diff- diff- difficult film to make.
1: But go ahead. I was no, I was just going to say that. I mean, in the case of Cosmopolis, it's kind of almost work, works in your favour because it really feels like an incredibly zeitgeisty film. This and and thinking that DeLillo wrote it in two thousand and three, yeah. and since then you've had you know the collapse on Wall Street, the Occupy movement, even yeah. the cream pie is yes. you know has kind of that's happened. That's
2: right. I mean, that's true. The the movie is incredibly current in the yeah. current news. But it's an accident. You but know? it's not political. And it thing. can be the re- it can the, the, the reverse can happen. You know, it can backfire on you. I mean, uh, just to, to for example, I did M, um, a movie called M Butterfly, mm. uh, and at this, the same time there was another movie about homosexuality and the Peking Opera. <laughs> it came out at the same time, <laughs> and I thought, how how can that be? You know, how can two movies about this obscure subject come out at the same time? And there was also The Crying Game, which was also about a man who who is acceptably, looks like a woman. and yeah. You know, uh, so, uh, That seems uh, to happen a lot in Hollywood. It's it, bizarre. It happened, but, but those weren't even Hollywood movies. No. None of them. No. So, it, 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 it's a strange. Maybe, I deserve this. You know, <laughs> where the movie we did, which is sort of obscure and irrelevant, comes out at a moment when it's very relevant and not obscure. You know that's, uh, Maybe it'll help uh, people. Yeah. people will be interested because it's, it's the, of the topicality. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah absolutely. Um, just want to get one at the back. There's a hand wiggling over there.
2: Could be a it's... severed hand. <laughs> it could be a severed
1: <laughs> uh, My question is, um, how was your relationship like with the book when it came to directing the film and uh, preparing for your role?
0: What was that? Oh, uh, my <laughs> relationship with <or> David's relationship. <laughs> Both of you. Oh. Um, my, I, hadn't, I hadn't read any DeLillo before I, uh, I read the script. And So the script seemed, the dialect seemed in, in incredibly foreign to me. Um, and when you read a bit more, uh, like, uh, you read his other books and there's a similar cadence in it. Um, so I was just like. What? What? Like, what is this? Uh, when I when I first when I first read it, and that almost immediately made me want to do it, just because it was fresh. Um, and how did I prepare for it? I uh, I I mean, to be honest, you couldn't really do it in a conventional way. I I, I tried everything I could to try and prepare for it like I would another movie, um, you know, thinking where the guy comes from and everything, but nothing nothing really made it, nothing really was relevant um, it was just when the f- from the first day on set a rhythm we kind of established a rhythm over the first few days and then it kind of developed from there but it's one of the only movies where a lot of directors say they want to have things evolve organically and they're just lying basically <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was genuinely I mean it really felt like it was kind of growing as we were doing it yep. which was interesting
2: yeah, for me, also, I mean, I had I had read a lot of uh, Don DeLillo's books before, but not Cosmopolis, and, uh, as I said, the it was the dialogue, you know, that made me think this could be a movie. Um, and then, but uh, ultimately, though, once I had the script, and I wrote it very quickly, I mean, really, you know, it only took six days to write the script, and it can take a year or two years, often, to write a script, uh, we never look back, you know, We never, after that I don't refer the, to the book anymore because you, you have to accept and I know this from adapting books by Stephen King and, and William Burroughs and J.G. Ballard and Patrick McGraw that um, you are creating a new thing. It is not the same as the book. It cannot be the same. So it's a kind of weird hybrid fusion of the, of your sensibility and the writer's. And uh, once you accept that, you, you've got the script, you forget about the novel. You know. And now you just go with your actors, with your crew, with everybody, and you create this new thing. Uh, and you know that because the script has its hooks into the novel, that there will be those legitimate connections between the movie you make and the book. But that's, that's as far as it goes, really. Even Don was saying the, last, the
0: scene between uh, Eric and Benno at the end was different to how it was in the book. I mean, in a good way yeah. I mean, he was saying I mean it's not the relationship's different
2: it's yeah. a it's a different balance of power I yes mean. it's interesting because the dialogue is exactly the same as it is in the book in that scene and well all the scenes and yet the way the actors play it and way that where the camera is and 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 uh, so on there there's a lot of uh, even by by being absolutely faithful to the dialogue I mean I didn't want any improvisation by the actors. I really wanted them to say the dialogue as it was, but even within that, there is so much that an actor could do with intonation with movement, with body movement, with choreography, everything else, head angle uh, that that it, it inevitably is going to be different from well what the writer thought he was writing you know but that's for a good writer that's that's exciting i mean don loved the movie and i he wasn't he wasn't upset by things that were different (laughs) i think he was rather excited by that you know i think we've got time for one more question um lady just here
1: i have a question about the last scene in the movie with paul and robert because it is a really intense scene i think with lots of different emotions and my question is, how do you get prepared to play such a scene? Because I can think to come just to the set and say, okay, let's go, because it's really, really intense to watch it.
0: You kind of just turned up and said, okay, <laughs> let's go.
2: Um, well, true. Mm, yeah. I mean, it, 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 See, I don't do storyboards or anything. I, I really want the collaboration of my actors in how the, f- the, the scene flows and how it moves. And so we start by saying okay where are we going to play this scene okay he has to kick through the door and then and then paul is in the toilet and it goes so we, but after that it's where do they move and when how do they move and when do they get up and when do... you know and we just um fake it basically <laughs> we
0: hadn't even uh, se- like
2: we hadn't even seen the set
0: until that day i remember the one thought i had i got so relaxed by that point <laughs> like even though it was a 22 page scene or something uh I had one idea the night before which was uh, saying the line about the toilet um, into the toilet and that was literally my only <laughs> idea and uh, then we got to the set and um, it wasn't a toilet it was like a porta potty and so I mean you know I was just saying to that idea to you I and mean, he's like yeah go in the porta potty and it was the three of the mo- key lines in the movie I mean like the answer to the movie and I was inside the porta potty in a wide shot and Dave was just like yeah,
2: I like it. Let's move on. I'm like, like, I did that kind of as a joke. Like, I mean, like. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. I mean, you, I could have done a close-up, but I really thought it was very effective just staying away and then letting the actors come towards us afterwards. And that's something that was spontaneous. I didn't plan it. I didn't have any idea how we were going to do it. And it's when I hear the actors and I say, you know, it's actually really effective doing it the way they did it long, far away from the camera. There's something wonderful about that distance and it's, you, there are no rules to guide you really you, it's, you, you're, for a director it's your experience as a director but there's no rule book that says this is how you do this scene you have to, you're, you're making it up Wonderful um, Ladies and gentlemen thank
1: you very much for coming um, and please put your hands together for David Cronenberg and Robert Pattinson <laughs> Well, well yeah. We like you too